You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast. I am your host, Tuck. It's me, as always. Welcome back, my beautiful friends. Uh, I'm very excited for the show. I've been feeling a lot better these last two weeks. I received messages from a few of you checking in, and it was very sweet of you. I hope you all know. I'm always down to chat. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or at email, gettuckthepodcast at gmail.com, and send me some tunes. This week's mid-roll mosh was sent in via Instagram, and uh, I liked it. It's a good tune. Can't wait to show you guys. Okay. We've got some super exciting new musicians that will be added to FeaturedX.com on Cyber Monday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We've got some that I'm really excited about. One in particular I've just been bothering for months, but finally did it. But really, some great ones. I'm super excited. Okay! This coming Saturday, my other band, Off-Road Minivan, will be performing a live in-studio set on Twitch. My amazing friend, Ryan Kirby, is allowing us to stream our set through his channel and do a live Q&A with Off-Road Minivan and Mr. Kirby himself. Please go subscribe to his Twitch channel. It's twitch.tv slash Ryan, R-Y-A-N, K-I-R-B-Z, Ryan Kerbs. Go do it. He's also just fun to hang out with and watch anyway, because he's a great guy. Um, you'll get some chowies out there. We will be selling merch and accepting donations. Sadly, this will probably be the only Offroad Minivan performance of the pandemic. If you don't know what Offroad Minivan is, it's my side project with my buddies from home in New York. We play alternative emo rock music and released our debut album, Swan Dive, on Tooth & Nail Records. I'm the lead singer of it. It's pretty cool. It's a little different for me. It's a really fun outlet for me and my songwriting, and I really love these guys. It's a great time. Uh, it's kind of, If you like Jimmy Eat World and Armor for Sleep and stuff like that, go check it out. So this week's episode is a little bit different. It's definitely a heavy one, but not just for the tunes, but also for the sentiment. I am joined this week by my friend Jake Shaw of the band Defiler. Um, you may know Defiler as a YouTube sensation, and they have certainly a very wild story. Um, they had a, a song called Cryomancer that went viral and, you know, overall very interesting band. Um, a few weeks back, Lambgoat shared this article about how Jake is going through serious medical issues, and he is also an artist on FeaturedX.com. So I saw this and I reached out to him just trying to get an understanding of what's going on and how we may be able to help. And he's been sat battling this really serious metal con condition involving his pancreas. I guess essentially his pancreas is shutting down. Um, he hasn't received proper medical assistance um, 
and his condition is certainly growing worse. If you have the ability and you have a few dollars that you can spare, you can help him out via Venmo or PayPal at Jake Defiler or Cash App at Jake Defiler. Um, overall, it's a great chat. I, I really enjoyed talking to the guy. Um, it's really sad to hear about his situation, and I hope that things can get better. Um, best of luck with your next medical, um, your next appointment on in December. But, you know, please, everyone, if you can, send the guy a buck or two. This whole situation just sounds so fucking shot, and I, I'm really feeling for the guy. So here we go. Here's my chat with Jake of Defiler. Fucker! to get tucked there we go hey thanks for joining me today how are you feeling today i'm uh i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling alive uh good which is (laughs) which is always good i am breathing and i am cognizant and uh it's actually the weather's pretty nice out right now so i am actually mentally feeling uh you know not too uh not too horrible oh that's awesome Good. I'm glad to hear. I mean, Cal- you were just telling me you live in California, which I didn't know, which is pretty sick. It's got to be nice. But Northern California, I mean, it gets, you know, pretty dreary up there, right? It So, so yeah, like I was saying, I, I live in a, in a little town called Castor Valley, but there's a little there's a little mountain range and like 10 minutes east of where I live. It will get like 30 degrees colder during the winter. So like down to zero. And oh, it's yeah, it's it's weird. Like it'll get down to zero. It never snows because we don't have a lot of uh, humidity or you know rain here. California's got the drought thing. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 weather for the most part here is uh, it's pretty great. Um, I I was in the process of moving to Oregon uh, in the like you know in the middle of when I yeah. got sick um, because um, it's it's just it's really chaotic here, especially this year. Um, so I, I was in the middle, in the middle of moving and I, and I, you know, hopefully whenever I do recover, uh, I will be moving to Corvallis, Oregon. 
Oh, okay. That's cool. I have no idea where the fuck that is, but that sounds nice. I mean, Oregon is cool. I like the couple spots I've gone to. I mean, what's that one venue that fucking everybody plays in Oregon? Um, uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. I should just we look talk- at my walls. I'll find it somewhere. Are we talking Portland? Yeah. Um, mm, see, that one's confusing because pretty Portland's basically, well... I mean, oh, well, it'll come to me at some point. Before before um, I was uh, before I was tied down, Portland was known as the city of strip clubs. So, oh, that's cool. <laughs> See, you know, man, I yeah, I've gone to a couple, but of uh, you know, I love big titties, I love yeah. big butts, but I'm not a big strip club guy. I don't, you know, I don't know why uh, I feel weird. I mean, maybe it's you know, <laughs> maybe it's because I've gotten laid before. I don't know. I just I've, I feel weird throwing. Uh, <laughs> Throwing money. I support sex workers. I actually just ordered or received a pair of Raycons, which are headphones by a company that's um, headed by Ray J, the uh, the rapper who had sex with yeah. Kim Kardashian. I feel like I, um, I feel like I've heard of this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they were advertised on another podcast I listened to, and I I lost my AirPods somewhere. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll try them. Um, so I support sex workers because I support Ray J. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of strip clubs. You, you know, know but the, the thing, the thing was that when we were, when Defiler was recording our second album, I had just turned 18. And so we were, we recorded in Sacramento and me and Craig and, uh, our guitarist Nate were staying with, um, my older brother at the time. And you know, we're all chilling in the living room and he starts like putting on like nice clothes. And I was like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, we're going to a strip club. And I was like, oh, all right, have fun. And he's like, no, you're going. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you're, you're 18. You have to go. And I was like, I don't really want to go. I mean, I had a girlfriend at the time. It just didn't feel right. Uh, and I b- believe I'm like one of those like guys who like, there have been fans who have been like, can I kiss you on the cheek on tour? And I've been like, no, like, I'm, I'm like that, you know what I'm I mean. Like, so I was yeah, like, I don't give me your boobies, I don't, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, so, so I didn't want to go, but they were like, uh, they were like, sorry, you don't really have a choice. You're, you're, this is a family tradition, and you're going. And and so, Craig and Nate were like, cool, we're staying back. Uh, and I was like, all right. So I walk in, and when I walked in, I heard Chevelle and Disturbed playing, and I was nice. like, okay. Okay, wait, this might, this might be my thing. Like this might, you know what I mean? So, uh, I've, I've had a couple, two, three, uh, pretty, pretty insane strip club experiences Dude, around I, the world. I want to hear some drowning pool while I'm getting a lap dance. That'd be pretty <laughs> cool. Dude. Yes. That'd be yes. pretty tight. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure at some point in my existence I will return. Um, but you know, I'm not, nothing against them. I think they're cool. You know, I just, uh, I guess now with the stuff like OnlyFans, like I can't imagine, you know, you're like a young guy. Cause like I'm engaged, so I don't, you know, I'm not really like, right. in the pursuit right. in general, or so she thinks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so imagine you're like in college, you're, you're in, you know, uh, at community college, you know, what I did, and you see this like super attractive person. You're like, man fuck like i wish i could talk to them turns out for 499 you can see their butthole every day how cool would that be i think that's fucking awesome you know take down the barriers yeah man the, the the world is changing and you know it's it's 
like like you said, I mean, anyone could have one of those things, and you never know who it is, and it could be the the cute girl at Starbucks, and if you can, you know, if you can work up the strength yeah. to ask her name, then you might just you might just end up being able to pay for some butthole. You never know. You might be able to, or you know, you might never have to speak to her, and you can see more of her than you would have ever in your life. But and I shouldn't <laughs> say just her. There's all types of OnlyFans. You can get anybody. You can even get Franz on there. So you know that's pretty cool. And I saw that. I saw that. That's a, that's a I, power move. You know, and all jokes aside, for anyone that's listening, if you do have one, like one, buy one, whatever, I am not shaming it. I'm actually all fucking for it. I think it's cool as shit, and I know that people are doing really well with it. So if you can make a lot of money for being yourself, which is what I try to do, which is make money being myself, it just so happens yeah. that I play bass and jump around like a dum-dum, I really don't see there being that much of a difference, to be honest. And um, No, there's not, because because I, what I was always told growing up was work smarter, not harder. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and that seems working smarter to me. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, so it's an interesting thing. I don't know. I, I admire it to some extent cause I just do, wouldn't yeah. have the, uh, you know, I'm just trying to work up the courage to, I got to get a six pack and then I'll be like full belly on the fucking gram. You know exactly. Yeah. We'll see. But until yeah. I, I get mean, there. my, yeah, I was, I was, I, uh, I, I, I was trying to talk the lady into it and you know, when, when, uh, when the pandemic first started and we were really worried about money and stuff, we were like, well, I mean, there is this and, you know, you know, but I was like, hold on, wait, I need a couple more tattoos. I got to And then the health thing happened. And now my body, look, my, I, a pair, someone said that I look like quote a bobblehead. So, um, that made me feel pretty terrible. And, uh, so I, I'm definitely not in any shape to do any only fans anytime soon, but, uh, yeah, man, maybe someday. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I'll ever have the courage, but I think it's cool. But, you know, instead of an OnlyFans, you have a band it's called Defiler. You do some screamos. And really, you've done one of the most notorious as, uh, I guess, metalcore, deathcore uh, one-liners ever. I want to see you cry, mm. bitch. You know? And mm. that's pretty cool. I mean... <sighs> Guilty as charged. You know, it's funny when... I know when, when we chatted first... Um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like meme or like, you know, I guess in, it's been 10 years now, so it's not a meme, but it's one of those those first viral videos where people were like, well, this is humorous, but it's also um, really good. And it actually did well and people were stoked on it. Um, that was, was yeah, that really you know, fucking the, weird for you guys? Um, dude, so like I, I literally had no aspirations whatsoever of anyone even watching it i the way that it went was i was drumming in a bunch of various local bands and i i'm like an, an autodidact so i taught myself like every instrument that i know and i taught myself you know i have guitar. no idea what an autodidact is by the way just for if anyone else is listening and has no idea what that is yeah i don't i don't either it's, it's, it's self-taught i'm i'm a, i'm, I'm self-taught so, um, I, I, like, I literally, like, I dropped out of school to, you know, tour and play music and stuff. So like everything that I like know about life, I like taught myself. So, um, 
I taught myself guitar. I became a, a vocalist on accident uh, w- w- when I was recording uh, drums for the pop punk band I was in uh, with Craig. Um, I uh, we were all taking turns screaming on the microphone, and you know we were doing gang vocals, and then they were like, "All right, you go up." And I was like 14, and so I went up, and I like made the noise that I make, and then every everyone they like stopped recording, and they were like. Hey yo, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm just angry, I guess. Like, sorry. And they were like, no, 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 do more of it. So like, we have this pop punk like emo EP that has random breakdowns with like crazy. Yeah, easy core man. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, except for the screaming is like, it's funny because if you listen back to it now, fourteen year old me kind of sounds like Jamie Jasta a little bit, but it's funny because like there's like the easy core stuff and it's like kind of four years strongish with a little bit of Mayday Parade, but then there's like these breakdowns where with like gutter rolls. So that's pretty cool. Um yeah, so it was bad and it wasn't good. Um but but it was I've uh, been in the pursuit of Screamo. I'm I'm not very good at it, but I'm trying to get more better at being Screamo. Um I'm a big fan of it. I like it, you know. I just can't do it very good. Uh, yeah, I used to just blow you mean, out you're my talk, voice you're, all the time. You're talking about yeah. So that's the thing. I refer to I, screaming or heart, all of that, any form of aggressive vocal. It's scream out to me. Um, well, that's mm-hmm. my thing. But because I think it's funny, and because no, screamo is the fucking goat, and that's I was mad screamo. I am mad screamo. I will forever be as screamo as possible. Um, I just don't have the bangs to pull it off anymore. And I look like a meathead. They, know? yeah, yeah. They, uh, I remember, uh, you know, back when, when I was in school and stuff, they were, you do that screamo stuff. And I'm thinking to myself and I'm thinking of bands that have the swoopy hair on my space as screamo. And I'm like, well, the, well, I mean, I know that as screamo, but I, I would always just be like, yeah, I do screamo. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's pretty sick. And now my <laughs> life is like when when people like layman's are like, "What do you do?" It's like I play in a metal band. They're like, "Metal, like what?" And I'm like, "You know, like Metallica, but not Metallica." Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's in my dreams. But uh, <sighs> maybe someday I'll play a show with Metallica, a festival. Sometimes it gets to happen. People get to play those big festivals, and some days um, they're headlining. And it turns out that the if it happens next year, the one that I'm playing on the day that I play is Limp Biscuit headlining instead of fucking Metallica, which no offense to you, Fred Durst, if you're listening to my show, which I know you probably do because you're a huge fan of mine, but I would much rather watch Metallica than Limp Biscuit. Well, I, however, am on the opposite side of that, and I would much rather watch Limp Biscuit than Metallica, and I will tell you why. Number one, I know for a fact that... Fred is like an actually like like he like he's a genius. He knows that that the red cap character is a character that he does. He's uh, he's directed movies, he's done he's done all kinds of crazy stuff. He's a, like a crazy intelligent dude. Uh one and two um Yeah, but did he rich- write Enter Sandman? Okay, no. He no, didn't he didn't. He didn't, like, he's done a bunch of shit, but he hasn't done anything as good as Metallica. Okay, how Metallica changed the world. Metallica did change the world. Yeah. However, you know what else changed the world? Roland. 
Yeah, okay. that's a good song. I, I went on a roller coaster for the first time in like since I was a child. And it was that one at Universal where you get to pick a it's called Rocket and you get to pick a song to listen to while you do it. And I picked Rollin' and it made me feel better. No, Limp Biscuit is an awesome band. And I have recalled a time in my life when I was on tour and we decided to buy a Limp Biscuit greatest hits record and listen to it because Limp Biscuit is a great band and without Limp Biscuit would we have a mirror? Probably not. And I fucking love it mirror but uh yeah and also one thing one thing that you know some people might not know is there's a period of time where west boyland wasn't in the band and first to last well yeah but so they put out an album when he wasn't in the band and it was called results may vary and there is a song on that album called eat you alive right now that song is a it's an absolute banger. It is like ridiculous. Like that riff is so pissed off. But in the music video, they got fucking Bill Paxton to be like the lead character in oh, the no music shit. video, bro. Yeah, dude. That's so crazy. they got like casually just like Bill Paxton, you know, running. Well, you could do that when people had budgets. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you hear about how, you know, these like, I, I, my, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done a video with them, but, but a buddy of mine, Scott Hansen, he told me like, he told me like the breakdown of like what each like big popular metal band right now's video budgets are. And to date, I believe that the most expensive music video ever made was believe it or not made last year. And it was, uh, and it was uh, the video for uh, Deutschland by Rammstein. And it was uh, $2.7 million. No way. Yeah, no. Uh, it's or It was it was something. It might have been higher than that. But their music video budget is the highest of any band like ever. And then behind them is... Uh, behind them is... I want to say... It's like one other band I'm forgetting. And then Slipknot is right under them. And then Avenged is right under them. And then, yeah, so there's, like, a huge, like, I got, like, a, a list of, like, the bands and their budgets and shit. And, I, and I mean, if you, if you haven't seen it, that Deutschland video, it looks like the most expensive music video ever made. I mean, it's literally, no, I have like. I to watch it. I used to rock out to do Host when I was younger, though. Dude, I, I mean, I'm a, I, I, like, in the last couple years or so, I've become, like, a massive Rammstein fan. Because I have never listened to any Rammstein song other than do Host. Oh, dude, yeah. you're missing out for sure. I'll have because to do it. there is some, there is some like stuff that makes you want to like kill people. Like, I would, I like there are a couple songs I would use to actually like deadlift and bench to because they're so heavy. Like, um, but th- this this music video is basically them going through the history of Germany, and so they go from everything to like. And, you know, ancient before borders existed to like Sputnik to like the future to like World War Two. And it, it, it's it was it was beautiful. It was it's literally the most beautiful music video I've ever seen. So definitely check that out when you get a chance. I will. I'll definitely check it out. That sounds fun. I mean, it's a cool band for sure. Massive, massive band. Um, yeah, just yeah. definitely one of those ones that I've ignored over the years and I'll have to go back and do it. Um, uh Fun fact: I saw they uh, they 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 were advertising a free show uh, on the beach in Russia when we were over there doing our Russia tour. You know, remember I told you we did yeah. like the longest Ru- Russia tour any band's ever done. So we were over there, and I kept seeing ads for it. 
and it was the largest turnout for any single band show uh, in history. And there was 1.8 million people there. That's sick as fuck. Now, yeah. when, when you guys did that Russian tour, whose idea was it to do the longest Russian tour ever? Because, well, that? <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like an insane idea. We, we, we met up with Parkway like towards the end of the tour, and uh, they were like, <laughs> they were asking us, they were like, hey, so like, how long you guys been here for, mate? And we were like, uh, we've been here for like three weeks now. And they were like, yeah, you guys are fucking insane. What the fuck's wrong with you? And we, 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 <laughs> we yeah, were so insane, dude. The way like, that it worked was we got a we got an email from a from a one of their promoters, and um, he was like, "Hey, so we'd like you guys to come over and do a Russia tour." And I was like, "Yes." I'm thinking, you know, we'll do the standard, you know, Moscow, St. Pete, maybe like two other places, and then go home. And he was like, "No, we want you to do like." literally everything including like one of the cities in siberia and i was like why and he's like because i guarantee you it will it will all sell out so it turns out that in america that cryomancer video never really popped off as much which is you know i mean it's obvious america makes up for 50 percent of the world's music production and consumption so like it's harder to break here yeah. but in other countries it got way more popular so this guy's telling me that like an entire month long tour in Russia is going to sell out. And I'm like, no, it's not dude. And so, but you guys ended I, up obviously deciding to do it, which is, you know, insane, but did it work well, yeah. out pretty well? Uh, two of the shows did not sell out. That's fucking awesome. So there you go. I mean, it was, it was there. <laughs> believe me, we had, was some of the experiences there were like, uh, you know, we, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like yeah. I mean, one, we, we had a, we had a heckler one night and they actually, um, they chased the security chased him out of the venue and then, uh, chased him down the street and then caught him, tied him up to a chair in a back room and then came into our green room after our set and asked us what we wanted to do with him. Like we wanted to kill him. Um, so th th okay. like they expected us to murder this heckler. Yeah, there was that. Um, obviously the, I don't know if you guys have ever played there, but the police are basically no, just have, like, street, yeah, yeah. so the police are just street gangs. So you ever have a problem with them, you just pay them off. But like one night we were in a bar after a gig and we're tired and we're just sit sitting at this table waiting for some food and a, a cop comes up and flicks our guitarist on the head cause he was sleeping and our guitarist is like, well, uh, what the hell? And then the cops like put their arms up like, what? You want to go outside? Like, let's do this. And it's like, are, are cops trying to fist fight us in the street right now? Is this really happening? And so, you know, and we had to do the whole pay them off at the border so they wouldn't screw with us. And we had to do the, you know, all that fun stuff. But um, I think you can that, tour there a little more efficiently nowadays. At least I've had some friends who have actually done quite well over there and, you know, can get some large guarantees, go play, you know, five or six shows and then get out of it, which I think is a smart approach to it. Um, avoid the rural areas and not try to get in any trouble because I just wouldn't want to, you know, I you know, touring a place like that, it's got to be 
it's not necessarily, I don't know if it's worth the trouble. Maybe it was, and, and those shows like popped off and were super fucking once in a lifetime. Cool, cool. But I'm probably too much of a bitch to risk that. I'll go to Russia, play a couple shows, but I don't know if I'm doing all that shit. Um, like, go do the whole van tour like you have. Like, we did one tour in Europe where we had to, you know, be in a van, like a transit, and drive around. And that was a bitch. Keep me in the bus. Like, that was not super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's, we, we did the, well, when we were there, we did the, uh, we did like the big old fancy sprinter that had like the bed in it and stuff. So, yeah. It was, it, we were basically like, they were See, like, we had the, butt? yeah, we had the loft space where there's the bed and stuff. And there was enough for a certain amount of people, but two people had to sleep in the cargo area underneath the loft in the back of the transit that didn't get any heat. So it was cold as fuck. It sucked. But I did it. Yeah. I slept back there the whole time because I'm a fucking champion because I do that for oh. my boys. I do that well, for my boys. What time of the year did you go there? It was like winter time. Oh, uh, yeah. See, so we went there during like the, the two weeks of summer that they have because they have two seasons. They have they have summer and winter. It's just that summer lasts for two weeks. So we were there for the two weeks of summer. So we got there and the weather was like perfect for yeah. the first part of the tour. And then as soon as we, you know, the we kind of went in a big old circle. So as soon as we rounded the circle, made our way to Siberia, it started getting a little bit colder. And then, you know, we're on our way up to St. Petersburg and it's really far north. So I wake up in the van and I'm like, oh shit, I can't even feel my feet right now. Like what happened? Like, did I lose my feet? And then, and then it's like, oh no, it's just really, really cold. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so thankfully for half of that tour, we were, uh, I guess moderately comfortable. Um, and what I can say is that, uh, that country doesn't have their food pumped full of chemicals and stuff. So I actually had a six pack for the only time in my life by the end of that tour. That's pretty sick. I just stopped yeah. eating food. Um, I only eat food <laughs> for like six hours a day and then it's fine. Oh, so it's getting better. Fasting. Yeah. I'm doing the intermittent fasting shit. Cause my, uh, Ryan, the singer in, in fit for a King, he lost like 30 pounds doing that. So I was like, you know what? This guy looks great. I'm going to lose some fucking weight. Because I started getting fat, six months of not lifting and just eating ice cream every day and being a piece of shit, I got kind of fat. I mean, I gained like That's, eight yeah. extra pounds, which is fat for me. But because I don't want to be a fat it. bitch, I don't want to do that ever in my life. I think no, you don't. Yeah. And the, like li everyone I know that's done intermittent fasting has like had success with it. I remember this one dude like because I like for a while when I wasn't on tour, I was doing security. And I was like, I was doing like weird security escorts and stuff for like, you know, expats or people that had to be sent through customs, just weird gigs like that. And one of the guys I was working with, he like, I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. And the next time I saw him, he was like, literally like a, a person had been shed. And I was like, why are you so skinny? And he's like, I just did intermittent fasting. And I was like, how yeah. much weight have you lost? And he's like 50 pounds. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you can lose a lot of weight pretty quickly. Um, you just have to, it's like thinking about an animal coming out of, or going into hibernation where you have a lot of fat and then coming out of it where, you know, your body can survive off of that and f allow that to fuel you. So I've just tried to alter what I'm eating a little bit and um, 
just eating in a smaller window. But, you know, it's I when I was younger, I had a neighbor who was very overweight, who just is now extremely shredded and jacked. And it was always a very inspiring thing to me. And I can't, obviously, it's it's easier from the other side to be like, man, I don't want to, you know, be heavy. I don't want to gain weight. And, you know, I say it in a mean way, be a fat bitch. I'm not, you know, trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to be funny. And I don't actually want to, like, I can't imagine having the coin flip the other way and having this tremendous, uh, like, burden on yourself where you're like, man, I got to lose 50 fucking pounds. Like, that sounds really hard, you know? I'm lazy. I don't want to do that. Um, Even though today was leg day, so I'm really not that lazy because I got these meaty fucking hammies over here. I want to see you cry, bitch! It's time for the mid-roll motherfucking mosh motherfuckers. Are you ready? I am. This is going to be a fun one. So I received a very nice message from a young fella named Chris Lowland on Instagram. Chris asked me if I would check out his band Rivers, and I thought it was pretty darn tootin' good. Rivers is a metalcore band from Florida, but Florida, Australia, which I did not know existed. So I learned something new today, which is cool. It reminded me a bit of the Currents Invent Animate kind of style of metalcore, which I do enjoy. Vocal presentation was pretty solid. And overall, really enjoyed the track. Only real downside is Rivers as a name is really fucking hard to search. Like, I had a lot of trouble finding it on Apple Music. Um, but go and check them out on Instantly Grammed. It is Rivers Band FL on Instagram. And uh, the song is called Hater. It's real cool. I like it. I hope you're ready to mosh. And here we go. Hater by Rivers.
sick. Oh God, dude! Huge. I went. It's gonna be great. I, I went from uh, right around the time that we um, that we filmed Canaanite, which which it's funny because in the Canaanite video, one we used a lens that makes the uh, makes the center of the frame look look a little bit smaller because I like also do like some of the directing and stuff, mm-hmm. and I wanted to like capture a lot of the set, so we used. Uh, I can't remember what millimeter the lens was, but basically, I don't look I don't look like jacked in the in the um, the video, but I look bigger in our promo photos. Yeah. So I was at the time I weighed like one seventy two because I'm only like five eight and yeah I'm I, five seven I'm I'm short so, too. Yeah, so I just forgot we forgot to be tall. Yeah. So it's tough I stuff, um. Man. I, I was I was deadlifting like 350 at that time. It's great, and yeah, I was I was like killing it. And then the lockdowns happened, and I was like, okay, so it's just home workouts. But obviously, you know, you don't you don't get the same feeling from that. No, um, I just gave and, up on it pretty quick. Yeah, and then well, so I had given up on it, and then I got sick like pretty soon after. Yeah. So let's talk about the sickness thing a little bit because I think. For every a few, you know, obviously quite a few people have seen the article, the lamb goat, all this kind of stuff, and I'm trying to get an understanding of like what's going on and what do you need necessarily to help. So hopefully, some of us out there can, you know, send you some money and try to help you to get through this crazy situation because we understand that times are hard and not everybody is able to have health insurance because of loss of jobs and not, you know, and just common life in general. I mean, fit for a king. Luckily, like we pay for like private health insurance, but that shit's expensive. Um, so, tell me what's going on, man. Like, how have you kind of found yourself in this situation? What actually is medically wrong with your pancreas at, at the moment? Okay, so I'll tell you as much as I know because they still don't know. Um, so one day I woke up and I started vomiting. Like I did not even make it to my trash can. I just arose and start and just like ran and made it as close to my trash can as I could. And I failed. Um, I then had to go to the bathroom, um, a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right, I, I have like, I have like really bad food poisoning or something, you know? Um, so, yeah, just super sick, like when he, you know, throwing up, like with, you know, flu, food poisoning, any shit like that. Y- in, in yeah, exactly. Okay. So I was like, I either have like norovirus or I have the flu or I have something. Yeah. And I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about it. And then like, as time went on, it gets to like day four of this happening and the vomiting was getting both more frequent and more violent as in like I couldn't breathe in between like bouts of vomiting. So then I start getting really scared and now I'm going to the bathroom like between 30 to 40 times a day. Um, So I'm like, okay, this isn't food poisoning. Something's really, really wrong with me. And I'm laying on the couch and I've got my bucket and I hear, I hear like my mom, my mom comes over to, to, to help me, you know, she brings me water 
And I, I, I like cried out the words. I was like, mommy, please don't let me die. And as a 27 year old man that fucked me up like really bad. So I, at that point was like, I'm going to go to the hospital or I'm going to go to urgent care. So I go to urgent care. Um, at this point I would have gone right to the hospital if you're that sick. I mean, that's insane. That's that's well, yeah. So, well, that's the thing is that I called my doctor and they recommended I go to urgent care and I was like, all right. So I go to urgent care and obviously they, they, they do nothing. Um, literally nothing. Uh, they don't do any blood tests. They do nothing. Not at all. They were just like, eh, if it gets worse or stops or it doesn't stop, go to the hospital. And I was like, okay, so I should have just gone to the hospital. So I go home and it like just keeps getting worse and I can't breathe. And I'm like, I'm, I was, I, I like saw myself vomit something that I had eaten like five days before that. And I was like, yo, what? So I, uh, I call an ambulance ambulance takes me in and you know, they, they bring me in and they do a blood test and the doctor comes in and he's like visibly distressed. And I was like, what's up doc? And he, uh, he goes, so our tests show, um, that you're having a problem with your pancreas. And I was like, what do you mean? I've never had a problem with my pancreas before. And he goes, do you drink alcohol? And I said, no, I stopped drinking in 2016. And he goes, okay, well, we're going to do an ultrasound to check and see if you have gallstones. But for perspective, a normal person's range of lipase, which is a, you know, just an enzyme, uh, a normal person's lipase range is between zero to 160 and if you have between three to ten times that amount you have acute to severe acute pancreatitis my number was 5280 and he said you have 33 times the normal range of lipase in your blood so what's next? And I, step, the next step after that, once they figure that out. So 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 then he tells me you're going to die, and I was like, Well, I mean, a doctor's going to say that, but you know, they're obviously well, going to tell you other things before they just look at you and go, Hey, they're going to die. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what? This, what are the, this? This this guy didn't. He uh, he basically was. He like took his glasses off, and he was like, Look, I've been doing this for you know twenty some odd years. Uh, I, I really don't, this, you know, this is obviously the hardest part of the job, but, um, it's, it, you're going to die. It's not looking good. And I was like, I just got here, man. Like you guys haven't even done any tests or anything. You just, you're basing this off of a blood test. Like what the hell, man? Like do something. So they, they do an ultrasound real quick and they see that I don't have gallstones. So it wasn't those and gallstones and alcohol are the two most common causes of pancreatitis. So they, uh, this is where things start to go really, really, really wrong. Um, they, uh, admit me and I'm sorry. There's a plane overhead. Um, they admit me and I, uh, 
I'm laying there in the bed, and unfortunately, the bathroom thing never stopped. So I uh, I ended up having I didn't see another doctor for like seven hours because they had like a shift change and then forgot about me. So I'm just like laying there uh, with a dilated drip in my arm, which is a painkiller that they typically give to like yeah. gun sh- gu- gunshot victims. Yeah, so. Um, I'm laying there and I got this really heavy painkiller, so I'm not in any pain anymore, but I'm still, you know, I have to get up and I keep having to unclip my IV and run to the toilet. Uh, I literally like had to throw my pants away. Um, it was, it was bad. And so like, I just saw a couple nurses in between this like seven to eight hour period. Yeah. And so, one of them was like, go ahead. I don't know. You can finish that up. Uh, one of them was like, Hey, okay, it's time to eat. And I was like, uh, sure. Okay. And she was like, we're going to give you salmon and rice. And I was like, okay, all right, sure. And so I ate the salmon and rice, um, not knowing at the time and apparently unbeknownst to the hospital that when you're diagnosed with pancreatitis, uh, you are either supposed to have a feeding tube or not eat anything at all, or just drink water. So well, they have they defined up, that you have pancreatitis at this point, or are they just yeah, 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 for okay. sure. No, for sure, yeah, because when you when your when your lipase count is like, yeah, is, when anything's wrong with either your lipase, protease, or your amylase, you have pancreatitis. Yeah. So, so with my lipase count being that high, my pancreas was straight up like off. It was not working. It was like, it it was not just functioning poorly like it had left my yeah. body and was so obviously away doctor doctor one is wrong because you're not not to be uh sour but you're not dead you're you're no I'm, I'm not no so, he, he didn't yeah. mean he didn't mean i was going to die immediately but okay. but but here's the thing yes he was so if you look it up the mortality rate for severe acute pancreatitis is 20 percent. so and I wow. was actually go. I, I was going to yeah. I was going to send you this graphic, and most of the time, it's because of complications that arise as a result of the pancreatitis. You know, like complications that might happen if you don't get treated for it. Like I'm not. So, uh, what happens next is um, a you know I eat the food, and then the pain yeah. immediately gets markedly worse. And I was like, uh, <clears throat> I need a doctor. The call button wouldn't work. Nobody came in to help me. So I'm kind of just laying there in agony. Um, <clears throat> a doctor finally comes in and it's a new doctor. And I don't know what was wrong with her. I don't know like what kind of day she had. But she comes in and she's like, okay, so it shows that you've had one bowel movement. And I was like, no, unfortunately, ma'am, I've had nine. And she said, no, you've only had one. And I said, uh Okay, ma'am, I could understand why someone would lie about something like, you know, being in pain so they can get pain meds. But why would I possibly lie about shitting myself? Like, what is my motivation to do that? Um, so she, it, 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 like, she was just like, okay, well, uh, if 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 you want to be like that, then I guess you could just be discharged and slammed the door. And I was like, what? Well, that's a bit extreme. Uh, so. There's no other interaction that happened in between that other than that? Nope. Nope. And that's the thing is that I was, I was under the influence of this Dilaudid stuff, but I was, 
aware enough to remember, you know, specific things like when I got the food, how many times I had to go to the bathroom, having to throw my pants away, having to, you know, other stuff like that. So, uh, there was no other interaction or correspondence that I can recall. So 20 minutes later, they bring me some paperwork, they unhook my IVs and they go, bye. And I was like, dude, what? Like, I thought that at the time I thought maybe like, maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe they, maybe they have people that they want to get in. I don't know, but this sucks. So, well, if you're, if someone just told you that you're dying, I don't really think they would automatically go and just discharge you like that, that quickly without, you know, uh, right. More of a situation. But, um, one of the things that you said you know, during this, I'm, I just am curious about, as you said, you're not being treated for it. Why are yeah, you no, being not. treated currently for the pancreatitis? Um, because their answer has been to just give me copious amounts of painkillers and uh, uh, this medication that uh, just produces pancreatic enzymes uh, and just... Um, wait until someone can do a specialty procedure for me. And it, it's not really a priority for them to, uh, to do this procedure. So what happened was I left this hospital <clears throat> and th- this part's important. Um, I got a call from them a few hours later and they're like, Hey, we just wanted to confirm your AMA paperwork. And I said, excuse me. Uh, and the reason that I, I, I know what this stuff is, is because unfortunately my father died of medical malpractice two years ago. So, um, basically they, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's right. Thank thank you. Yeah. So, so AMA means that you left the hospital of your own volition against medical advice. I was like, yo. Your first guy told me I was going to die. I don't want to die. I want to live. Why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. So what I am assuming happened was they realized that by, number one, feeding me that food when I had pancreatitis, and two, uh, discharging me when they definitely should not have, uh, they screwed up bad. And I think that they were are trying to protect themselves because – when someone leaves AMA, two things happen. One, the hospital becomes, uh, they get, they get, they're granted immunity from any lawsuit. Number two, the patient becomes responsible for every penny of the visit. Your insurance doesn't cover it. So, But did you sign I, this paperwork? Well, that's the thing is that it's, <clears throat> in California, I don't know about well, other states, but yeah. it's, it's illegal to have someone sign a legal document while they are intoxicated, especially if you so know you did they are sign the document though. I said, well, so I signed what they told me was my discharge paperwork. Now, obviously I didn't go through and read 10 pages of this, this document when I was, you know, you know, when I was in a, a crap ton of pain, uh, and was being told that I was being kicked out of a hospital, but, they either gave me AMA paperwork when they told me they gave me discharge paperwork or they just put my signature on AMA paperwork after I left because it, that liter- it literally makes no sense at all because 10 hours or eight hours later, I ended up in another hospital. 
because I, my problem did not go away. Um, so when you get to hospital, and, all right. So do you end up having to, uh, you know, so essentially you've signed this paperwork, so you're done with hospital one there. They've got you at that point. So you go to hospital two. Have they provided you any further assistance? Have they given you any information? Been better this time around? No. So hospital number two, uh, they were they were a lot kinder uh, in terms of just in being person in personable, um, but they, uh, they they their litmus for whether or not I can go home and handle this on my own was if I could hold down a cup of water. And I was like... It just sounds like you're not visiting hospitals. <laughs> it's exactly, insane, though. Yeah. And here's the thing, is that I was at Stanford. That's like the number... It's like within the top 20 hospitals in the country. So the reason that I went there, and, you know, I, I ended up... I mean, I took an ambulance for like two miles, and I got a $3,300 bill because of that. But the reason that... I went there was because I was like, these people will know what they're talking about and they will treat me. So they said that, you know, they did the ultrasound. They didn't see the stones. I, it, I just had really bad pancreatitis. So they go, well, you should be better in about a week. So, um, so, uh, no, uh, nothing besides clear liquids for the first three days. And then on day four, you can have, uh, uh, um, full liquids, so like broths and things like that. Yeah. And then they were like, on day seven, you can move up to like applesauce and yogurt. So and much like more that. positive outlook from number two. Yes, yes, much so more positive good. outlook. So they assumed that I was going to recover uh, much faster. And I was like, okay, cool. So I leave that hospital. They prescribed me some crazy painkillers I'd never even heard of. And I, uh, I go home and I was like, okay, so time to just drink some water. So I'm drinking water and I'm doing everything they told me to do. And, um, as soon as day seven rolled around, I did not get, uh, I, I, I would have what I called, uh, like pain attacks where it's literally like, I mean, like I told you before we recorded this, like I've had a, a rusty foot, a rusty rebar shoved through my foot. I've, I've had like some seriously painful things happen to me in my life. I have never experienced anything as painful as this ever, bar none, like straight up ever. So I am in the fetal position crying like after taking the pain medication and it was just nothing was working. So, so obviously um, still super sick. You'd listen to what they said. Didn't work out. You're still no, in this yeah. situation. Now, what is next? Like this specialty procedure that you mentioned, what needs yes. to be actually done to make you better? Do you have to have your pancreas removed? Do you have to, like, what do you have to do? So, well, yeah. I hope it doesn't come to that because if you have your pancreas removed, you automatically become a type two diabetic. But, but isn't that better than being dead? Yes. Yes, I mean, sorry. To, wow, that sounded really harsh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're no, you're completely right. It is better than being dead. But, but here's the thing: is that that getting to that specialty procedure has actually been the worst part of this whole process 
even worse than that first hospital because um, I so oh my god I somehow managed to lose my car keys while we were talking and I was walking around. Um, anyway, um, nice. I uh, so yeah. What what can what what needs so, to be okay, done so, to you know come to a resolution other than having it removed? Um, which so yeah yeah. Um, I had a, a phone call with a with a GI doctor, and he goes, "Okay, so it sounds to me like you have pancreatic necrosis." And I said, "All right, what's that?" And he goes, "Well, it sounds like part of your pancreas is dead." And I was like, "Oh, that sucks." So he said, you need to get something called an endoscopic ultrasound with uh, FNS and EUA or whatever. So what? basically, it's a specialty endoscopy where they go in and they have to put me out completely and they go in with a needle and uh, ultrasound and a camera and they do a biopsy to see if it's the C word and yeah. they... They, um, you know, they go and look around and try to figure out what's wrong. Um, so this guy says he's going to do that. And then he says he's going to call in a prescription of that, um, that pancreatic enzyme medication I was telling you about. So I was like, okay, sounds like a plan. So the next day I called the scheduling department. And they were like, we have no order for a procedure. And I was like, okay. And then I call the pharmacy and they're like, we have no order for a medication. And I was like, all right. So this guy that I just talked to did literally nothing he told me he was going to do. So I was like, cool, time to talk to a new GI doctor. They hooked me up with a new GI doctor. You didn't call that guy back or try to speak with him again or anything? No, I did. I I, I sent him a message through, uh, through like my medical systems portal and I was like, hey, dude, why didn't you do any of this? And he was like, oh, well, because at, at, the, at the time that he responded to the message, he had seen that I had already requested a new GI doctor, which I'm like, yo, totally understandable. You didn't, you didn't do anything. So um, he responded to the message and he was like, uh, well, I didn't fill the medication uh, because it looks like you're going to be speaking to uh, – this new doctor. And, uh, so you could, you could just wait. But and didn't you on- not fill that out until you had like called the pharmacy and not received the prescription and stuff? Yeah. So, well, no. So once I called the pharmacy and, and there was nothing there, I immediately called and said, hook me up with a new GI doctor. Like I was like, this guy didn't do anything he was supposed to do. So go there Okay, and, so then yeah. when by the time and, you talk to him, you've already got arrangements for a new doctor. Yeah, and by the way, if my recall of any of this is fuzzy, it's because untreated pancreatitis causes neurological damage, and I have, number one, I fall unconscious randomly all the time. It happened last night. Um, I literally woke up like with my neck twisted into uh, my steering wheel um, this morning. So you should that not be great. driving. For sure. Uh, well, yeah. So it, it, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so, um, I, uh, I, I, I hooked it up with the new GI doctor, and then I sent this guy a message, and I was like, "Hey, why didn't you do this?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you know, 
you you have this new GI. He had no reason for why he didn't do it. He just said, oh, you have this new GI doctor, so why don't you just wait until you talk to him and then just eat, uh, you know, just clear liquids until then. And I was like, bro, I can't subsist on clear liquids for the rest of my life. Like, there's no nutrition. I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have to... I, I have to, to like put nutrients in my body and like the instructions were to not put anything in your body, no supplements, no medications, no nothing that, that was not on the list of things to do. Um, do you had a car beeping in the background or something? Yeah. Sorry. That was my car. I had to, pl- I had to plug my vape in cause I started doing that again as well. Um, vape nation. So, uh, yeah, vape niche. So, uh, no, I actually, the reason I started doing it is because it was, um, it was Craig's, um, because nicotine but, uh, is great. No, I'm sorry to hear that. That's yeah. No, no. Yeah. But, um, so, <laughs> but anyways, so I, so I talked to this new GI doctor and at first it seemed like everything was totally chill and I was like, okay, cool. We are going to, uh, we're going to get we're going to get this procedure done and everything's going to go great. And he was like, yeah. And, and I was like, yes, I'm finally going to get some answers. Then. Oh boy. So I had a, uh, I had a pre procedure consultation with this guy and I don't know, like, okay, I don't, I, I have to like, I I have to preface this with as much as much brevity as I possibly can. I am like the least racist person in the world. I live in the Bay Area. I live right next to Oakland. Our bass player is Punjabi. Our guitar player was Trinidadi. But this doctor that was supposed to be doing my procedure got his degree in India. And I know from you know you know from reading that uh india is not exactly considered the paradigm of uh you know healthcare so basically um i have this uh this consultation with him a few days before the procedure is supposed to happen and he answers the phone and he goes <clears throat> hey sorry sorry i'm a few minutes late uh one of my patients just died on the table and i was like um so first of all, pretty sure that's a HIPAA violation. Uh, second of all, why would you tell me that? Um, like, I was I was just beside myself. I I, had, I didn't even know what to say. And this is so on then, the phone, or this is at the this office? Is on on the phone. So okay. this is this is three days before my procedure is supposed to happen. So then uh, he proceeded to contradict himself on two major points. I was telling him about uh, all the neurological symptoms that I'd had. Like, uh, I was like, man, I mean, I, I already called the doctor about like the passing out and all the other stuff. And they just said I had narcolepsy. And I was like, no, I don't have narcolepsy. I've had insomnia for 15 years. So there's no way that I would randomly swing into hypersomnia so quickly and so severely with no explanation unless it was related to this. Right. So. Um, I've had the passing out randomly and staying asleep for six to 12 hours at a time. I've had, 
the horrible brain fog and confusion and not being able to remember so words. What, sorry, just to, to be before we get too off a tangent. So what happens with this doctor that you, that tell, tells you that something's okay, so, on the table? Do you say, do you call it off or what? What's the, what he, happens so, okay. So then he, so he proceeds to go, he proceeds to go, uh, you know, I'm telling him about my neurological symptoms. And then he goes, Oh, pancreatitis can't cause any of those symptoms. And I said, uh, well, according to this peer reviewed study by the journal of, uh, neurology and, uh, neuroscience, uh, it can. And he goes, yeah, those studies that you read, I, I wrote those. And then he goes, pancreatitis can cause neurological symptoms and stuff. If you're hospitalized for it, like you were. So he like contradicted himself within, within a 20 second span and said, yeah, actually, those that can happen to you, and it probably did happen to you. And I was like, okay. Then, uh, about a minute later, he just flat out says, "I don't have pancreatitis." After after echoing the, you know, earlier he had echoed the sentiment of thinking I have the pancreatic necrosis, as the first GI doctor did. But he goes, "You don't have pancreatitis," and I was like. Uh, well then why are you guys going in with a camera and an ultrasound and a needle and looking at my pancreas? And he goes, look, my job is just to figure out why you have pancreatitis. And I was like, dude, are you, are you kidding me right now? Who are you? Like, so it just sounds like a misunderstanding. It's gotta be at this point. Like it's well, well, so then he hangs, he, he goes, he very abruptly ends the phone call by saying, Oh, I have to go. There's there another one of my patients just died and he hung up. Why would, why would a doctor say that? Come on. That, now, that's a bit here, insane. Now here's the thing. These phone records can and are going to be subpoenaed when I suit. I'm not going to say anything else. Be, but here's what I'll say. All phone calls with this, you know, with medical professionals or whatever are recorded, at least in California. So, um, this this phone call there was recorded. There is tangible physical evidence that that this phone call happened and that it exists. So uh, if I ever get the chance to upload it to YouTube, believe me, I will. Um, but I was I was you literally understand why so, I think it sounds insane though, right? Yeah, it's it sounds like I'm making it up, and it sounds like I'm. It sounds like if if I were on the outside looking in, I would say, mm, it sounds like this guy might be like too scared to get the procedure done. So he's trying to make up, you know, something that sounds so crazy. That I don't, I don't think it's that you're too scared to get the procedure done. I just don't understand how someone goes to like two hospitals, talks to four doctors and still doesn't have an understanding because I mean, even like myself, like I've had, I've, I've, you know, I've had five surgeries on my ears, two on my feet. I've had to my tonsils done. I've, you know, I've had issues throughout my life, obviously not nearly to what this is, but I've just never had any interactions with doctors that are even remotely like this. It yeah, just sounds um, like, how do you find four incompetent shitheads? Uh, it's more than four now, um, because uh, what happens after that? is that I have to find a new GI doctor. But now the situation is more complicated because technically 
I have to, and dude, there's, there's like another thing that happened was that doctor, the one who was supposed to do the procedure ordered a bunch of blood tests for me to do. And they found that my, um, my triglycerides were, were super messed up, which is your, you know, fatty liver. Right. And pancreatitis can cause that, or that can cause pancreatitis, vice versa. doesn't really give us any answers. Um, but basically, um, I had to find a new specialist and I, at this point I was like, you know what? I want to go to UCSF. These people aren't going to jack me around. This is the number eight hospital in the country. These like, they, they, they know what they're doing. They're going to take care of me. Right. Well, my provider denied the out of network request and they were like, Nope, you got to use somebody through us. And I was like, <sighs> okay. So I go through and I start looking for doctors that like have gone to reputable schools and like, I, you know, I start doing research at this point, my girlfriend comes down from our new place in Oregon to like help me. We start spending every single day from like when I wake up until five o'clock on the phone with doctors and people trying to, trying to coordinate stuff, get answers, get, get things figured out. And, um, this, I, I finally find one. And I'm like, I'm really confident in this guy. He's a specialty GI doctor. He's got tons of great reviews. This is the guy I want to do it. So I have my doctor send him an urgent referral. He gets sent the urgent referral and he goes, uh, yeah, his receptionist said, uh, he, he does not feel the case is, uh, important enough to be seen until around January. And I was like, yo, I ain't going to make it that long. So she was like, well, you, you could have your doctor personally call him and explain the situation. So I said, okay. So my doctor personally calls him. I also have to add that my primary care physician has been um, extremely unhelpful throughout this process as well. And he's like one of those guys who like always makes jokes about coming on tour and hanging out with the ladies and, you know, stuff like that. But um, he, uh, he, he's, he's, been, he's been useless as tits on a board. Yeah. And, um, so he calls this GI specialist to try to convince him to get me in sooner. He fails. The GI, the GI guy is just like, no, nah, I'll see him in January. So back to the drawing board. I have to find another GI specialist in the network that might be willing to see me soon. And then at this point, um, since I start talking to attorneys, um, my, my, my primary doctor just stops talking to me completely and they get a case manager. And now I have to add an extra step and talk to this case manager who sounds like she's like on the verge of tears every time I speak to her because she's like terrified that she's going to get sued or something. I don't know. And again, like, I mean, like you and I have been speaking for a while. Like I'm, I'm, I'm as respectful as I possibly can be. I'm not like a mean person. I'm, I try to be like as nice and courteous as I can, but at the same time, my life is hanging in the balance. So I'm losing my patience. So I find a new GI doctor who can do the procedure. This is just as of like last week. And they were like, uh, I, I sent a message to my doctor and I was like, Hey, uh, I found this guy and he's got a ton of good reviews and he went to good schools. Uh, how, how about him? And my primary doctor was like, oh, yeah, he's great. Uh, he's so great that he doesn't really have any availability, but uh, I will 
send him an urgent referral and try to get you in there early. And I was like, okay, great. So I speak to the case manager and the case manager was like, yeah, so it looks like his first available appointment is uh, December 3rd. And I was like, oh yeah, well see my doctor sent an urgent referral through so that I can get seen sooner than that. Um, so it shouldn't really be a problem. Right. And she was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me call them and talk to them about that. So she calls me back about two hours later. This was like the day before yesterday. No, this was yesterday. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, I have great news. And I was like, what? And she was like, you have the appointment for December 3rd. And I was like, that's the opposite of what we were trying to do. What are you talking about? We wanted the sooner appointment. And she was like, uh, well, um, your referral was sent over as normal priority. And I was like, no, it wasn't. And she's like, I just got off the phone with your doctor. Yeah, it was. And I was like, okay, I'm calling them. Hold on. I called my doctor and immediately before I even finished what I was saying, they were like, your referral was sent as urgent priority. She made a mistake. I don't know what's wrong with her. It was sent as urgent priority so that you could get seen as soon as possible. So I'm telling you, man, like in every possible way that you can imagine, I have been dealing with just getting run around in circles. Yeah, it's and an insane not- story, man. It's, it's fucking crazy like, and it seems this, really difficult to have to deal that's, with. Um, that was why I, I wanted to reach out and I wanted to try to get on like as many podcasts or talk to as many people as I could because I, like this doesn't happen to people. This, this is not a story that like people don't deal with this. This is not, people don't get treated this well, way. Well, I like, think, yeah, you sure. know, the thing, you know, with that, a lot of people will listen to a story like this and I'm, I'm just speaking frankly, you know, but a lot of people will listen to this and be like, okay, well, if you're dealing with this many people and everything keeps going wrong, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, and it's got it like, yeah. and I, you know, it's a tough situation to have to like, analyze because there's no way that every single one of these people who's a doctor or whatever is a complete piece of shit. But from the sounds of the story, it sounds like everyone is either incompetent or an asshole. So no, because keep in mind that first doctor, the very first doctor that I saw at, uh, the first hospital that I went to, which does, I mean, you can look this up, Eden Medical Center. It has a reputation as being a very bad hospital. I just wasn't thinking about that at the time. I was thinking about not dying. So, oh, for sure. But then, so, you know, it's just that there's, it's not just the first. It's ev- everyone in the story, essentially. So, well, <laughs> sucks. Well, well, you know, and, well no, because well, again, yeah. like the, the, the doctors at Stanford, they, they were really, really nice and they helped me, but they just, assumed for some reason that I was going to get better in a week and I did it. Yeah. So, so I have, have you no, considered going back there? Uh, yeah, I can't because my insurance won't cover it because it's out of my network. Um, I can only go to their emergency room and considering what's been, what's happened the last two times I've gone to the emergency room. I really, really, really would like to avoid that. Yeah. So what is, the next step at this point. So you've, you have a December 3rd appointment for a consultation for a consultation. So hopefully at this point, you know, obviously that leaves you with weeks of dealing with, you know, pain and sickness as well. 
Are you going yeah, so, to consider having it removed and, and becoming a diabetic, or are you trying to avoid that? I mean, wh what is the well, – are well, you – Okay, you know, so – What are the so other outcomes? What are the other possible outcomes? Well, here's the thing is that since no one has been helping me, I've been doing my own reading, and I've, you know, I, I've made sure to not WebMD myself and go, oh, God, I have cancer. You know what I mean? So, um, so – what I've read is that, you know, like I said, 20% 20, uh, 20 of people that are diagnosed with severe pa acute pancreatitis die. And 42% uh, of those that die, die within two weeks of getting the diagnosis. 58% of them die outside of two weeks of getting the diagnosis. So if I would, if I, d however, what I will say is that since I've had this for so long, how long I, have you been sick now? I started the I, the day I started waking up and throwing up was September 11th. Oh wow! So it's been a very long time. Yes, I have been dealing with this for a very long time, and and what I discovered was because, like I said, their their idea of of treating me or or shutting me up or whatever it is that they want to do is um, just prescribing me copious amounts of painkillers, but because of the fact that I don't just want to take those all day. Um, I actually realized that when I have one of these pain episodes, if I force myself to cry for about 25 minutes, that makes the pain way, way less. Okay. I don't know this. I don't know the science but, behind it. All, all I know is that like maybe yeah. because my body is focusing on my face and my throat, it like isn't focusing on my abdomen maybe. Yeah. I think the so, the problem I'm I'm just trying to understand is just what what is next? Like what is possible? Like are you you know, I know I understand that you are in insane agonizing pain and there's very few ways around that. But like what are the next actual steps for you where it's obviously you have this consultation on the third. Are you um, considering having it removed? Have you seen if there's any other options? Otherwise, maybe you don't actually have pancreatitis. Be that it's been two months now and you're still. Well, no, you know. it's just that now it, it's now it would be considered. I mean, I may not have pancreatitis anymore, but if but if you if if you have it for this long, then it then it becomes considered chronic pancreatitis. It's just that since I have these like neurological symptoms too. I may have developed some sort of complication as a result of it. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. Again, they're not the only testing that I've had done is blood tests. So, like, and you had an that, MRI as well, right? Yeah, I had the MRI, and the MRI didn't really show much aside yeah. from it. All that it showed was that I did not, in fact, have pancreatic necrosis. Which is, I guess... But it didn't indicate whether you have pancreatitis? Or is that not being able to be indicated through an no, MRI? I mean, no, I mean, it, it, was like, it was like a little bit inflamed. But, I mean, again, it's an MRI, so th that really focuses on, like, harder tissue. Yeah. So, dead for tissue, example... Dead cells. Yeah, yeah, so, like, if, if like, example, if, if I had a blocked duct, it wouldn't be able to see that. So, yeah. and if I have a blocked duct that's an easy fix. All they have to do is that procedure that I've been trying to get done and all they can do, all they have to do is just stint it open and then good to go. But again, that's assuming the problem is just a block duct. So, um, I spoke with a number of attorneys and because of California law, 
something called the Micro Act. Uh, all of the attorneys say that basically because of the information and the documentation I've provided them, I have an open and shut case. And they would take it except for um, the malpractice cap in California is so low that none of the doctors want to take the case unless I actually die. Or not, none of the attorneys want to take the case unless I actually die because the 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 amount that you can sue for in California for malpractice is so low because of these laws. And you have to ask yourself why that is, you know? Um, but it's so low that basically, uh, a number of the attorneys said they didn't want to take my case unless, unless it turned into a wrongful death case. Interesting. So what, you know, cause I have to, sorry, I have to wrap this up kind of soonish, but so I want to mm-hmm. make sure that one thing that we focus on is, you know, the ways that we can help. Um, what is it that, you know, like we, you know, if, I, through featured X, through you know, I know we can link Cash App, Venmo, all this kind of stuff. What do you need assistance with? Is it seeing doctors? Is it you know having a procedure done? Um, it's, you know, what? it's most it's mostly paying for the medications. Uh, for for some like that's that's like a decent chunk of it. Another chunk of it is obviously um, these bills from the hospitals and stuff like that. I was. They, I, I called my insurance and they said they didn't really, they couldn't figure out why my insurance wasn't covering these medications. But like, uh, my migraine medication, for example, is called Rizotriptan and, uh, it's like $300. So for, for like 10 tablets and sometimes I have to take two a day. So, um, yeah, so there's that, there's the pain meds, there's the Creon, there's the, Creon is the pancreatic enzymes. Um, there's tons of stuff that, uh, that, I, I mean, I'm, if, if I, I do actually. I that want, you don't just end up spending your life on meds and that they, you know, you can actually, you know, get something to fix this so you can, you know, not have to take anything. Um, oh, yeah, no, that, I mean, sad, that's, man. again. That's frustrating that's, as fuck. I went from being like a straight edge power lifter to like having to rely on like heavy, heavy painkillers. And now again, with the passing of my best friend, uh, like I, I hadn't, I hadn't filled any of my anxiety medication for like a long time because I hadn't needed it. Even, even with dealing with this pancreas thing and sleeping alone in, in, a, in an empty room, looking at the ceiling and thinking like, I'm yeah. going to die any moment. I, I never needed my anxiety meds, but then Craig died and I was like, no, no, I can't do this on my own. So I had to fill my anxiety meds. Um, so it's, I mean, it's that it's the bills that I've gotten from them. I, they made me pay a portion of that procedure. I never had done up front and they won't refund me for it. Um, they like, if I want to actually go in and have a legitimate consultation instead of a, a 10 minute phone call with an attorney, I would have to pay, you know, retainers for yeah. that. Um, so I, I just want to go back to like having a, having a life again, I guess. Cause I, I don't have one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, have, I guess, it, you know, it sounds like the only real option is wait and see and then hopefully have some form of procedure done or something that can allow you to, 
get back to a normal life. Um, yeah, because I mean, this, this isn't life. I have, I have enough energy in me to do things for between two to three hours a day. And then after that, I have to go lay down. And then because my body is so tired of fighting, whatever it is that it's fighting, I sleep for 12 to 14 hours at a time. And I'll, again, like sometimes I'll pass out, you know, completely randomly and I'll start sleeping at whatever time. Um, and I have to be physically shaken awake. My actual physical alarm clock and my phone alarm that I set as thy art is murdered does not work anymore. Um, that always woke me up before, but now I, I literally have to be like, wake the fuck up. Like, like, like screaming and yelling at me to like wake up for the day every single day. Um, that's rough. So yeah. So I, I, this is, this is no, this is not any, any kind of life. And the, the reason that I, you know, wanted to do a podcast was because maybe there is some sort of doctor out there that knows about, you know, pancreatic issues and neurological complications, or maybe there's an attorney out there who, would, you know, be willing to, uh, maybe see if there's something we could do besides medical malpractice or, or, or some, because I mean, dude, like pe- people don't get treated like this, man. Like, uh, no, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to, uh, no, keep okay. it, keep it, re- keep, keep it real in these streets. Um, <clears throat> um, anyway, yeah, this, this, do- this doesn't, this doesn't fucking happen to people. So, um, I am not going to go out like this. And I, I will say that, um, you know, when, when I lost Craig, uh, a big part of me wanted to stop fighting. Um, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough situation, man. I mean, it's, it's been hard times for everybody, let alone losing your best friend. But, you know, one of those things, you know, through discussing that with you, you know, I think he would want you ideally to live a, a happy and healthy life. So hopefully you can find yourself through this and be able to get with a doctor that can actually assist you and, and help you to either get this thing, whether even if you had to, you know, give yourself insulin every day, which that's, you know, another terrible topic to have to discuss. It's so horribly expensive. But um, I don't even I don't even uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um I don't. I don't even uh, know anything about that. Insulin's a bit expensive. It's a problem where, it, depending on your insurance and stuff like that, but just having to prick yourself with a needle daily is not going to be really fun. And checking your, um, you know, blood sugar level and stuff like that. But um, which is what would happen if I had to have the pancreas removed, right? Yeah, yeah. If you be if you were a type two diabetic, um, you know. But it's certainly better than the alternative. What I can't, what I can say is that there, you know, the one piece of good news that I do have is that, um, <clears throat> sorry, I just got uh, choked up about. No, Craig. it's okay, um, man. So, um, the one piece of good news that I do have that, um, Craig, Craig would actually show up like with it whenever I would see him, uh, is that capsaicin, uh, chili powder, um, both what. Uh, one heals pancreatic tissue and two, two ah, voice work. Hey, maybe I can't scream. Um, so, um, two, it, it, um, encourages the production of insulin in your pancreas. 
So I was like, oh, maybe I should eat like chili and stuff. And this is something that I've had to avoid. This is why it's so crazy because for in 2013, I remember I actually had to fly home from tour to get a sigmoidoscopy done because I had gastritis, IBS, a duodenal ulcer, and gastroesophageal reflux. Like I have had GI problems for the last seven to eight years. So uh, I stayed away from anything even remotely close to spicy because it would mean that I was out of commission for the day if I had it. You know what I mean? Interesting. So now, for some reason, if I eat chili, it actually helps a little bit. Very interesting. Man, that's I did not know that about chili. No, yeah. Man, it's, it's, no, I mean, it, be that you've had a long-term, long history with, with GI problems, maybe, you know, hopefully this won't end up being as severe as it seemed, and maybe there is a simpler, uh, you know, I shouldn't say cure medication or something to help you to get through this or whatever. Oh, holy shit, man. This is intense. Yeah. You, you no, it, it, it and, is, man. You know, I know even, you know, that you've just got a hell of a story here, man. And, and it's super intense, and I really do hope that things will look up. I hope that this December 3rd doctor visit will start to be the beginning of you finding some some solace here can you link you know here go ahead bud no i was just gonna say that i hope that i can get that that consultation moved up so that i can um actually you know get the procedure i i just want to get this procedure done so i want to i i want to get that that uh that consultation moved up sooner so yeah. that I can get the procedure done and hopefully get an answer. Because aside from this procedure, there's not, to my knowledge, there's nothing really else that anyone suggested that, that they could do. It would all be up to this procedure. So I just, um, I, I hope that, I hope that that's it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything uh, like what's your Cash App, Venmo, all this kind of stuff that people, if they're listening, can um, okay, you know, toss so, some money to help out? Yeah, so so the so Cash App is uh, why is it not every t- man every time I gotta do something it doesn't work. So my Cash App is uh, money sign uh, Jake Defiler. Uh, my Easy. Venmo, my Venmo is. Uh, Ven, uh, at, or my Venmo is at Jake Defiler. My, uh, PayPal is paypal.me slash Jake Defiler. And then, uh, my Bitcoin address, cause I was told for international people that Bitcoin is the way to go. I mean, uh, if you can my, get Bitcoin in general, you should hold on to it for as long as possible. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, so, someone do sent not, me. Do not spend that shit. No, no, no. Someone, someone sent me, someone sent me, uh, 50 bucks the other day and it's, and now it's at 60. So do not, I'm, I'm into crypto shit. I'm telling you, do not touch that shit. But we're just talking, do not fucking spend it. Well, so the thing is that people can, um, I mean, obviously if it were an emergency situation, I would have to, but, but, um, people, they said that, you know, in countries like Russia where we have tons of fans, they can't use PayPal or, or Cash App or anything like that. So 
they they asked for that. And when you select uh, to receive, um, you know, crypto through Coinbase, um, you can only you have to pick one specific crypto. So I picked Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And um, so that was the one that I can receive. The only thing is that I have to actually share a. Uh, it's like a one of those QR scan graphics because the address for it is like a hundred characters long, and there's no way that anybody would remember it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, but all right, man. Like, I really do wish you well. Um, I hope that this can find some sort of resolution soon and. You know, you can actually be able to, you know, get healthy again and rest up and not have to deal with all this bullshit because it just sounds so intense. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, you know, giving me the time to to tell this insane, inexplicable, kind of unbelievable story. Um, I I really appreciate it. And believe me, I I hope that I can. uh, I hope that I get some sort of resolution before it's too late. Dude, of course, man. I, I, I think you will. Um, you know, we can all just hope and pray or pray to whatever God you believe in. And, you know, let's hope for the best thing um, possible. But, um, dude, hang on one second. I'll pr- properly say goodbye to you off the air. But thank you for uh, being on my show today, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right, gang. That was the show. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jake, for joining us and sharing his story this week. Um, It is fucking rough. I'm feeling for you, man. Everyone, if you can spare a couple bucks, go to Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. It is at Jake Defiler. Um, really appreciate you all taking the time to listen. It is the week of Thanksgiving. I'm very excited to go get to see my family. And one thing that I am thankful for, especially in this year, is you all for listening and being interested in my show. It's brought me a lot of joy to be able to do this week after week. And I want to ramp it up. I want to put more episodes out. It's it's really it's helped me tremendously and your messages helped me and you sending me songs is really kind. So just hope, you know, I love you. I think you're great. I can't wait to see you all again someday when we get to bring the mosh live. And as always until next week, get to Oh, you see what's
you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. This is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like this. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzard. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.